0: Thank you for listening to Cinematic Reviews. This is Matt, and I have a review here for the movie Aladdin. Again, thank you so much for listening. And this is a review of Aladdin, the new live-action release of the new Disney movie that was basically a complete remake of the animated feature that was released back in the '90s. And uh, I, I've got a few thoughts about it. I do, I do want to say off the bat, not my favorite movie. But let me get into some of the details here. And some of this may feel a little stream of consciousness. I, I didn't bother really putting a lot of uh, organization into my thoughts here. I just kind of had to stream them out because I I had a lot of thoughts and I had a lot of things that I wanted to get off my chest. The first thing I want to say, and and I guess this is appropriate being one of the first things because it was kind of a controversy when there were some first images released of the genie. Honestly, the genie still looks dreadful. You could tell it was Will Smith, which was good because he's great, but it wasn't much better than The Rock playing the Scorpion King in that mummy movie way back when. You remember that? It looked like a complete cheap, cheap video game. It just looked terrible. This wasn't that much better than that. A little bit, but it's just that 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 moment of The Rock being the Scorpion King is just such an infamously bad CGI moment, and I think this is truly bad, and I think it's going to go down in history akin to that... Uh, that Scorpion King moment I really do I think it's gonna be remembered that way that is just really embarrassing CGI that for some reason Disney released because we know they're better than that we know they are they've released some amazing CGI that just look at the jungle book that they released a little while ago if I had to sum it up for you Aladdin really just feels like a Disney Channel movie that was my first thought and kind of my summarizing thought so I went to see this with my wife and that's what I told her I was like this really just felt like a Disney Channel movie and 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 by that I mean kind of lower it felt like lower production values even though it wasn't it felt it felt a little bit cheap in the plot a little bit cheap in some of the tactics that they use the two main actors are too beautiful which I know sounds weird but that's what Disney Channel is kind of famous for, right? That's where Zac Efron came from. <laughs> you know, that's where a lot of these really beautiful people came from. And it's just, they take these people that just are not representative one one iota of the general population. The CGI is too poorly done to claim a Disney theatrical release. The story is too obvious or on the nose politically. Everything is predictable. And... you. <laughs> You know, you might expect, having watched the original feature from the '90s, that maybe they deviated from that a little bit, but and and they did, they tried, but it, for the most part, it was pretty pretty point by point plot plot point by plot point uh, to the '90s movie. The main issue I have w- with this movie, and and you may, I hope I hope you see where I'm coming from here. It, it, the main issue is a foundational one, meaning that I think the reason it exists in the first place is a flaw of Disney. It flaws the movie because the reason that the movie exists, I feel like, is a flawed reason. When it comes down to it, that reason that it does exist is because there was once a very successful animated feature that kids loved and adored, and now Disney decides, well, let's remake everything so we can get a few dollars from it. This movie simply does not lend itself well to an animation-to-live-action adaptation. I really don't think it does. At least not a direct one, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Are there things that the original movie got wrong? Sure. Yes, there are. I, I feel that movie does feel a little bit outdated now, that women's voices have resounded much clearer coming into the 21st century. There are some things that I would have that I would like to see Princess Jasmine do. Uh, That that would be a little more empowering, I think. But overall, that original movie was pretty good. It was enchanting. And partially that enchantment came from the animation itself and the voice work, particularly that of Robin Williams. Man, just remember that guy. In fact, let's give a moment of silence for that genius of a man that I miss dearly. Thank you for that moment of silence. But let me be clear. I'm not saying that an Arabic environment is not a fascinating one to see in live action. I do think it is. There are stunning things to be seen there and and which can be made even more stunning in a fantasy setting. But I think if Disney is going to adapt this movie into a live action film, it should not be so point by point. It needs to be its own thing. It needs to come out and thrive. Yes, they switched up some of the plot points and devices and updated things politically, but that isn't enough reason for this movie to exist. I think The Jungle Book and The Lion King really lend themselves well, at least a lot better, to a live-action remake because it's an opportunity to further the use of new technology. It is essentially still animation, meaning that it's still an animated movie. These aren't real, you know, Baloo is not a real bear. Bagheera is not a real panther. You know, Simba's not going to be a real lion, so it's not live action. It just happens to be so photorealistic that our minds, for the most part, perceive it to be live action. I am all for something like The Lion King, and I hope that my prediction will come true that it will be a great and memorable movie. I hope so. I really do. But again, I say, what is the point of making a half-baked production of a movie that really doesn't lend itself well to a live action environment? One example I could think of to help explain this is I remember the animated movie very vividly. I remember a lot of the shots and imagery used in that film and they are nostalgically ingrained in my mind. And sure, you could argue that that's part of my issue here. I don't know. I'm usually pretty open to to new interpretations of things. But um, when I'm watching those moments in this live action version and there's so many shots are recreated from that original one it's almost like you you took the shot from that animated film and then you tried to copy it on the live action film which could be interesting but the problem comes in the more spectacular shots that are very vivid in my mind in that animation it, it would almost be rendered silly in a live action environment but i it's it's what made that original movie special were these were these cool shots that they did so if they're copying it a lot uh, you know in a lot of ways from shot to shot then that's cool but then they skip over the 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 stuff that is is really what was more captivating in that animated environment but doesn't lend itself as well to the live action so to me that's communicating that a direct translation from animation to live action isn't a good idea in and of itself what the the what's going to go well is if you have a good idea for making the story unique or you have another angle on it or whatever you want to tell some other way of of showing it like Maleficent maybe you know that was a pretty different telling of of the Sleeping Beauty story if you want an example of what I'm trying to say I think a really good a really good sequence in the original animated movie is the Prince Ali song and parades uh, uh, section of the movie so you remember he comes in on the elephant they're singing Prince Ali and Princess Jasmine's like whatever this is just another one of those princes coming in to try to marry me blah 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 they try to recreate that in the live action movie and and there is some spectacle to it and it's not it's not necessarily a poorly done sequence but you just if you compare the two the animated one is infinitely more interesting to watch it's uh it's 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 just better and I think part of that is Robin Williams Another, actually a huge part of that is Robin Williams, if I'm being honest, but also just a lot of the things that they can do in an animated environment are not as interesting on a live action screen. They're just not, or they would be silly. So they skip it altogether. I I, I would just argue that the animated one did it better. And if you go watch the two, I think, I think if you compare them, you may just end up getting to the same conclusion as myself. I'm sure not everyone will, because that's not ever a possibility. But it's just something to think about. They stra- I think they just struggled to capture the magic that the animated film did. All right, so obviously I can't get over that uh, foundational issue that I have with the movie. I don't think it should exist in the first place, at least the way that it is, at least the way that it was approached. So I can't get around that. Obviously, the movie was made. So let me get into some of the specifics of this movie. Will Smith, and this is going to sound strange. It's going to sound like I contradict myself, but I, th- I think he was a very good choice for this role. I think Will Smith is one of the most charming people out there and very, very energetic and exciting. But it was also a little bit cringy. It was one of the more cringy parts of this movie. And and I did mention already it was part, partly because of the CGI, the embarrassing CGI. And let me be clear, I, I don't blame Will Smith for this role at all. This is not his fault. There's another issue. There's and there's another issue here at play. And let me explain You know, this is an issue where they're trying to stay too true to the animated film. And all you could think the whole time he's on the screen uh, talking about Will Smith is how Robin played it better. And again, not Will Smith's fault. You you can't be Robin Williams. Nobody can. You could be Will Smith. Robin Williams couldn't be Will Smith, you know, And, and Will Smith can't be Robin Williams. But the problem is they're playing it too close to Robin Williams, and it's not his fault. It's not Will Smith's fault. Those are Robin Williams lines. No one else is allowed to say them in my book, especially not like him. and, and I could I could see Will Smith's effort to not tread on Will's, on, on Robin Williams past because he knows it was perfection and, and you can't and you can't do anything about it. The, the thing that I would recommend as to how to fix this, if they were to go back in time and redo this movie, I think you simply give Will Smith free reign. You know, I, th- I think that's uh, you could you could tell in the original movie with Robin Williams, you could tell he had so many just off the cuff things that they included in the movie. I'm sure the original script did not include some of those things Robin Williams said, I could guarantee you. So what you do is you give Will Smith free reign. You let him write the part of the genie. He's a creative guy. He's written. He's very smart. He's very intelligent and he's very talented. You let him write the dialogue of the genie and you let him leave that beautiful Robin Williams material in the past where it belongs. Bring him in 100% for the song work. So you you leave the the Robin Williams song work in the past. And yes, I know he did get to shine briefly with some of the fresh prints of Bel Air type of rapping in this in this movie. But he should have been recruited, I think, to fully reboot the music that he would be a part of, that the genie was a part of. Or someone should have. Again, it's just too re- reminiscent of a perfect past. Will Smith is one of the most charming and talented actors, and I'm sure he did his best with what he had to work with. The problem is, what he had to work with was not very good, to put it lightly. One more thought on the CGI. Everything that was CGI looks pretty bad. I'm guessing, I haven't looked at any other reviews because the way I do things is I write my own review first and... And then I go check out what other people are saying because I want to make sure that I have my own ideas out there and I'm not stealing someone else's idea. But I, I would guess if I went to look at other critics' perspectives that they're they're in the same camp as me. I would guess that the CGI is is giving a lot of people issues, that they're not enjoying the CGI, as, as I am not. Look at Abu's eyes in this movie. Every time he was on the screen, it was just cringeworthy. Abu's entire design, and that's another question, that's another thing altogether, but it wasn't very endearing. The Genie, I've talked about him enough, just everything on the Genie was bad. Iago, and again, how is this a theatrical release, Disney? It is more on the level of quality of Return of Jafar rather than the original Aladdin. If you don't know, Return of Jafar was the sequel to Aladdin that was a direct-to-VHS release, right? Kind of like a Little Mermaid 2 type of thing where they didn't bother releasing it in theaters because they knew what it was. So at least Disney back then they knew when they were creating something that was kind of hot, hot garbage. Right. So they knew it was, they knew it was a, uh, you know, half baked and, and pretty bad. So they're like, you know what? Let's just release, release this straight to VHS. We'll give it, we'll let uh, Matthew's parents give it to his little sister, Amanda for her, for her uh, sixth birthday. And it'll be great. And that worked out, right? They made a little money off of that. Look, I know I could nitpick the crap out of things like this all day. And I know I'm going to catch some grief for how much I disliked this movie. In fact, one person, and, and granted, this person didn't know me very well at all. But they, they said, oh, man, you just like to stir up controversy, don't you? In relation to my uh, Greatest Showman review. And actually, that's, that's very not me. The thing is, I really don't like confrontation. I don't like being confrontational at all. And I certainly don't like people being confrontational toward me. So, I'm, I am know I'm going to catch some grief for this, and that's fine. It's okay if you like this movie. You don't have to agree with me. I'm, I'm getting my thoughts out there because I want to be clear where I stand. Because this movie, to me, represents a bigger problem at the Disney studio at this time. And, you know, let me offer a few things of what I think should have been done to fix the movie and make it more interesting, at least from the get-go. Granted, maybe these aren't perfect thoughts either, and they need to be flushed out way, way more. But I think there may be a starting ground for something to be interesting. I, I do think the setting is good. You you stay in agraba It's a, it's an interesting setting. It's one we haven't seen enough in mainstream cinema, you keep the setting. The characters are also compelling. I think uh, you, you keep your character lineup with Aladdin, Abu, Jasmine, the Sultan, Jafar, and Iago. I like that character lineup. They're, they're compelling characters. They could be developed a little more, sure, but they're, I think, overall pretty interesting. If you stop right there, then you need to evaluate how, how you make a compelling story in a live-action environment using these characters. Also, I, I, let me say here, a PG, thir- a PG version is okay. And trust me, I'm all for family movies. I love being able to take my kids and, and, and bring my wife with me to movies. But I do think it would be an interesting move to make this more of a PG-13 level movie for those that grew up with Aladdin in the 90s. I think that could be very interesting. Uh, because there are some things in this part of the world that could lend itself Quite a bit more to that, uh, I guess PG thirteen level of of a movie, which isn't it's not. Look, I don't think getting getting more gritty content is necessary for a good story, but I do think sometimes good stories include gritty content because of of the the things that happen in those good stories. Ignore the plot points and gimmicks from the animated movie. So this is another thing I'm suggesting: is you just ignore those altogether. They're too good to copy and they don't lend themselves to a live-action remake. Just write a new and surprising story. I think for my recommendation, and this is just something I thought of off the top of my head, I haven't thought this through. I haven't written a a script for this at all. But I I think it'd be interesting to tell the story from Jasmine's perspective. It means you'll have to develop her a bit more, because she she is a little two-dimensional, and you have to give her some goals, other than finding a husband that she marries after knowing him for only a short time. She'll have to have independent hopes and aspirations even outside ruling Agraba, and especially outside of romance. I think focusing on her instead of Aladdin could actually make things pretty interesting and be, you know, you're going for empowering women, make her the star of the movie. You know, if your goal of this movie is to is to further women's voices, make Jasmine the focus. you know, Aladdin, obviously is is her love interest and is uh, someone that she finds compelling because she runs into him in the marketplace but I I think you focus on jasmine you know and and I think uh, things could develop there pretty interestingly and it would take the on the nose political uh stance it, it would uh it would t- take that off the neck a little bit and allow some breathing room also, just as a thought, don't make this about a struggle for a woman to be able to rule. I, I mean, obviously we need stories like that because there is still a fight to be made for, for women to gain ground and, and leadership and, and power and, and equal rights in this world. That's, that's clear. But I think when you make the story about a place where it isn't even a weird idea, a woman ruling... I, th- I think you, you could make the sultan be her mom instead of her dad or just be her at the beginning of the story. Maybe the beginning of the story, Jasmine is the sultan. And, and, and that changes things completely. One idea I loved about Moana is it was just never questioned that she would be the leader of her village. It wasn't like j- the gender issue was never a question. It was just this, this cool world where that, that problem didn't exist. You know, it was, uh, so I think more movies in that direction would be fun to see you know, where my girls can go watch a movie where they just see powerful women. They don't have to, you know, as we're getting into that type of world, and I'm not saying the, the opposite isn't true, that those other types of movies aren't good, but I just think we need more of those where it's just normal. You just normalize it in these movies, and I think that would go a long way to uh, further women's empowerment. But what do I know? I'm just a white dude living in Utah in my 30s here. But, I don't know, just a thought I had, I guess. And, and those are my thoughts on how to make the movie deviate and be a bit better from the... Not better from the original, that's not what I mean, but lend itself to more of a live-action remake. And I know these thoughts may be horrible. Maybe they're just the worst thoughts anyone's ever had. But honestly, I, I don't think so. I think they can't be more horrible than what Guy Ritchie has placed on the big screen this weekend. So please, Disney... Bob Iger, whoever's in charge of these live action movies, channel your inner Walt Disney. Go have a seance, whatever you got to do, but channel that Walt Disney, that creative genius. Get some of that back. We don't need a remake of all the animated classics. Go make some original content. Give us something we've never seen before. To me, Disney is all about making money now. It's all about the business sense. They're making business decisions and the business decisions end up being mediocre entertainment. Just look at star Wars, man. That's why solo was released so quick is because it sounds like Bob Iger was really demanding that solo be released on time. Even though it was having so many issues, we need people with passion making original movies. That's what we need today. That's what people want to go and see. That's what they're going to flock to the theater for. So please stop disguising Disney Channel movies as theatrically worthy. What did I like about the movie? I like that it empowers women. I want my daughters to have good messages in their media that inspires them. But that being said, even though I agree with the message as a whole, and I like the idea behind it, this was a generic inspiration in my book. It was the Hydrox to the Oreo, nothing special or or unexpected. I also like a few of the one-liners and a bit of the imagery, and it's a fun setting overall. I think that's about where the things that I like about this movie end. Uh, Look, the fact of the matter is, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this. It was not a well-made movie. It isn't deserving of a movie ticket. Disney should know better and should be putting out better content. I would expect something like this to come from a lesser studio, but I, I guess Disney knows they just have they have us in their grasp. They can release these things out of a nostalgic what they perceive as a nostalgic need maybe and they're just going to make money. But it's it's not going to work. It didn't work with Solo and it's not going to work with this. Should you go see this in the theater? My personal opinion is that it's not worth the price of admission. If you if you are capable of turning off your brain and please don't take that as an insult. I don't mean that that anyone's stupid. Some people can just separate Uh, Reality from the screen a little bit better. They can suspend their disbelief deeper than I can. Um, So if you're capable of doing that and these little nitpicky things don't bother you, yeah, go check it out. You might like it. You know, I know I've seen on Facebook now already there's people that have enjoyed it. I know there's people out there that liked it. I saw some reactions in the theater that told me there are people that enjoyed it. So I don't... I, I think there are people... Out there that will enjoy this movie uh, also if, if you have kids that would enjoy it sure go see it pay the price of admission whatever you want to do go on a uh, go on discount day though i'll just say that otherwise wait for red box if you feel like you want to see it still <laughs> and if you don't want to do that here's my biggest recommendation this is the takeaway and this is the conclusion of this movie review go to your parents house Go to the basement, find that old copy of the Aladdin animated movie on VHS, blow the dust off it, open that puffy plastic casing, go pop it in a VCR, go to a thrift shop if you have to, to pick up a VCR or borrow mine. I'll let you borrow my VCR and pop that original animated classic in and enjoy something that has true merit, something that's, that's worthy of your time. So all I have to say about that is, save us, Lion King. You're our only hope. I give Aladdin, the live-action remake, a D-minus. Hey, everybody. Did you enjoy this movie review? If so, please take the time to review my podcast on iTunes using the link in the episode description. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Cinematic. That's Cinematic with two T's to stay up to date on my latest content and other happenings. Thank you for listening. I see you at the movies.